With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. It was a bad day. Yeah, Flynn Flynn gets really freaked out by bad weather. More than he should at the age of 11. Like, you've been doing this for 11 years. You should know what a a rainstorm sounds like. I don't know what it is. I don't know why dogs get so freaked out by bad weather. I'm sure there's a scientific explanation for it. How embarrassing, huh? How embarrassing. Uh, He's having a hard time adjusting to the new puppy. He He doesn't like the new puppy very much yet. He doesn't know why the new puppy is here. Uh... He thinks he's he thinks he's a visitor. Yesterday, I I don't want to blame Flynn, but the playoff puppy magic kind of dissipated, and I think it's because Flynn snapped at the new puppy. It was jumping all over him, and Flynn snapped a little bit. James, I don't know. I I think you fucked it up. I'm gonna use the f bomb today because I'm just feeling it. Uh, I I think you put the bad mojo out there. I have a question about the playoff puppy. I know he's not there. And I'm sure you probably know the answer anyway, but where do his loyalties actually lie? Because you can't wear a split hat, James. You know the rules. You can't wear a split hat. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough question because, again, this, I mean, we're Yankees fans first and foremost. That'll always be the case. But San Diego has really embraced the playoff puppy. I feel like they kind of earned him. Well, then fine. Give the playoff puppy to San Diego. That's fine. You know, younger team. I totally get it. Give us Flynn then. Give us something. We can have Flynn. I'll, I'll, post, a, I'll post a picture of Flynn. It'll be the playoff old-ass dog. Um, no, 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 no. It's got to be – there's nothing quite as catchy, but, like, it's a really good representation of the Yankees. They're the old franchise. They're so experienced. They have all this life in them. That's yeah, the official, the official aged dog of the New York Yankees. That'll be Flynn. And he, the Yankees hat actually fits on him, so that'll be better. And he's very chill, so he'll, he'll just wear the hat for like half an hour. Even better. Even, Even better. better. I love it. I like this idea. This is a good idea. You see, um, you know, when it, comes to, when it comes to the New York Yankees, I understand that they are an older franchise and San Diego is much more, how do you say, I feel like I'm going to speak in French now, but I'm not, Um, you know, just young, exciting, vibrant, really representing the future of the game. And this New York Yankees team is, you know, they're exciting. I like watching them this postseason because they've done things I haven't seen them do in a very long time, but at the same time, the Padres seem to be a little bit more exciting to watch. Well, we're, we're going to get into the doing things that nobody's seen done in a, in a minute here. Let's just preview. Yay! This is episode 75 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. I mean, let's just go right into it. I don't know what the fuck happened in game two. Okay, so... I mean, we have so much to talk about here, first of all, because we didn't even cover the Indian series because we did it the day before, right? Uh, yeah, we, we podcasted right before the Indian series started. And then it would have been very smart of me to say, hey, instead of waiting until next Wednesday, why don't we just do like after every series? We'll just do one after every series so I won't miss anything. Um, well, now we got so much to cover. So, so much, so much. Right? We'll we'll get to the Indian series because that was good. And I'm I'm not very good at being happy about good news. I'm oh. very good about being angry at bad news, like okay, in so game two. Yeah, let's start with the bad news first. Um, game two, I guess one 
one word I would use to describe it is just frustrating. I was hoping, I was nervous, but I was hoping that Davey Garcia was going to get an opportunity to pitch a couple innings in the postseason, show us what he's got, really like throw him in the hot water. You've already won game one. This is a good game to try and, you know, test him out a little bit, but not completely throw it away. And the Yankees pulled him after one inning. He gave up one run. He, he looked okay. I mean, he looked nervous. That was the big thing. He looked nervous. But they didn't really give him an opportunity to get fully settled in. And then they brought in Jay Happ. And I was like, if that's going to be the case, why don't you just start Happ? Or exactly. Exactly. start someone from the bullpen. Like, you could have started Luis Sessa if you really wanted to. But no, you hype all this up. I understand what the thought process was. And also, I have to yell at people and say, you all know you're smarter than this. It is not Aaron Boone's fault, okay? No, Aaron Boone, that decision did not come from Aaron Boone. There's no chance in the history of the world that Aaron Boone has the authority to make a decision like that. That was absolutely the front office coming down to Boone and saying, hey, Booney, we came up with a pretty nifty idea. How about you throw Davey Garcia for one inning and then bring in Jay Hat for length? Boone's like, all right, I mean, I guess you guys make the lineups. It's your, your decision. But it's, it felt like one of these moments when you realize you can't just manage the numbers because you're also managing human beings. And you kind of have to realize that at some point on paper, it makes a ton of sense to throw Davey Garcia in the lineup to get one extra righty in the lineup for Tampa Bay. I mean, they have righties and lefties everywhere. They're stacked. Today, they have seven lefties in the lineup against Tanaka. And they, the first two games of the series, they were really good about going right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left across the board. So starting Davey Garcia, you really only got one extra righty in the, li- in the, in the lineup or one extra lefty in the lineup. Um, and you just kind of, you put Hap in a really bad spot because before the game, it came out after the game, but before the game, he made it clear that he wanted to start the game. He didn't want to do this, this Davey Garcia one inning plan. He didn't want to go along with that. He would have been more comfortable if he just started the game and Davey Garcia in the post game, he said, I I mean, yeah, like that was kind of the plan all along or I knew Jay Happ was going to be ready to go after me. I think they wanted Davey to go a little bit longer than one inning, uh, but he did throw 30 pitches in that inning. Um, I know, but, but I think the fact of the matter is, like, I understand where they're trying to come from and trying to be sneaky and trying to do all this stuff, but, like, damn, guys, it just it didn't work. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of J-Hap, as you saw on Twitter last night. I know that J-Hap is better than what he performed the other night. I, last don't. Night. I don't, honestly. I do. I do. I'm a big proponent of J-Hap. However, he doesn't have the best postseason numbers, and everyone should know that. And second, how are you ever going to know about what Davey Garcia has to do? Because now you're entering into game three, game four, potentially game five who obviously you have Garcia at some point in the rest of the series if you do need him to provide a little bit of length to come out of the pen to potentially be an opener I don't think that's going to happen again but you do have him but you really don't know how he's going to pitch you don't know how he's going to do because you barely gave him an opportunity to show what he can do in the postseason yeah you try to get cute you let Davey get his feet wet in in one inning of work and he gives up a home run and I mean, I have all the confidence in the world in Davey Garcia. I think he settles down after that and gives you a, a decent start. I don't think he's going to shut you down like Garrett Cole can or like Masahiro Tanaka really needs to tonight. But I mean, a quality start from Davey Garcia. Am I asking for too much? I don't think I am. I think he's capable of that against the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that hadn't seen him at all until yesterday. And still, most of the lineup still hasn't seen him. He only threw to five batters. And I think the other thing, too, you have to remember is, um, although I will defend J-Hap slightly, he has not pitched in 11 days. He hasn't pitched. He's done nothing. He's warmed up in the bullpen. That's it. Um, And you call – basically, you turn this game – intentionally into a bullpen game which you know the Yankees bullpen is not the best in the league anymore it's It's not doing well 
So I, I just don't understand the thought process behind this. Obviously, they were trying to look at the numbers. They were trying to be cute. They were trying to be sneaky. It didn't work. Um, the only person who decided he wanted to play baseball last night was Giancarlo Stanton, which is hilarious because everyone's like, oh, he never wants to play baseball. He wants to stay off the field. Well, he was the <laughs> What of it now? What of it now? Uh, we'll, we'll get to Stanton. He's having a hell of a hell of a postseason. But I mean, this is yeah. the kind of plan where if it's like if it's game four, you start a J Hap game two. Who knows what happens? Maybe he still loses that game. Now you're going into game four with Jordan Montgomery and Davey Garcia as your starting options. Then maybe I'm thinking, all right, like if we want to get you know a little frisky here, we can we can get crazy with how we're going to deploy these two. And they can combine to get us to the better arms in the bullpen, Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Aroldis Chapman. Literally nobody else is in the trust tree. Um, but it's just for game two, and it's, it's a pivotal game two because it's a short series, and you don't want to get into the position that you're in right now where if Tanaka doesn't have a good game tonight, if the Yankees don't win tonight, you have no real pitching plan for game four. And it, you're – Montgomery is going to be the starter for a game four. You don't want to go to Garrett Cole for game four, because then who are you going to use in game five? If that's a potential, I I honestly don't think you can go to Garrett Cole for game four without any off days. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be ready. And maybe if it's like, maybe if you're up three runs in the ninth inning and you know, you've already used a world Chapman to bridge that gap there. You're already kind of thinking ahead. Like maybe we can get three outs out of Garrett Cole to lock this down. Maybe, but I, mean, I don't think Garrett Cole is ready till game five with no off days. And then, you know, you kind of burn him for the ALCS too, where you're going to have to see Garrett Cole can't pitch game one of that series. Now, I don't know how many off days there are in between that, but you might, I mean, you might get to see Garrett Cole twice now instead of three times. And that's all because instead of going with a, a set starter, Jay Happ, a, a proven starter, who's, I don't think he's ever done anything like this in his career, come into the, uh, the second inning of a game on a piggyback situation. You put this guy in this position for the first time in his career, and you say, all right, we're expecting you to have a really good game today. It's just, it's not going to happen. And I know J-Hap had pretty good season numbers. Uh, you want to, you are a proponent of J-Hap. I am not. I kind of saw this J-Hap blow up coming from eight miles away, uh, but I don't think, I really don't think it would have been as bad if he was in a position he was comfortable with and just starting the game. You know, Jay Happ gets the ball. He's going to give you five innings, maybe three runs. You're still giving the Yankees a pretty good chance to win that game. Also, you have to take into account our good friend C.B. Buckner was also behind the plate. So there, especially in his first couple innings that I saw, Jay Happ had some pretty good pitches that were borderline. Brutal. Brutal. So, my mom sent me a graphic this morning because she knows how to look up graphics on Twitter. I'm so proud of her. And it was just basically, you know, about about the run differential, basically, with C.B. Buckner behind the plate. And he, he cost the Yankees at least a – yeah, exactly. She sent that to me. I was like, Mom, how did you find this? I'm so impressed. Uh-huh. I wish I could name this the fuck C.B. Buckner episode of the podcast. I don't think iTunes would take too kindly to that Probably name. Probably not. Um, but that's, that's going to be the official name. Uh, C.B. Buckner can come catch these hands anytime. I will gladly fight him. I, I've never seen – it It makes no sense because MLB has all this data for the entire year. It's not like there's a shortage of umpires because there's only four simultaneous series going on. And they say, you know who would really, like, be effective? Just be a really good umpire in this crucial playoff game? C.B. Buckner and in San Diego – for San Diego and the Dodgers, uh, Angel Hernandez in a playoff spot and you're just i mean why are these guys getting postseason action because they're they're proven to be bad umps nobody makes a better case for robo umps than cb buckner and angel hernandez and joe west like these guys are just they're so terrible and these are games that you can't i mean that graphic said uh, according to the run expectancy, they decreased the Yankees' run expectancy by a full run, having C.B. Buckner behind the plate with his terrible strike calls. And he almost cost Glaber one of the biggest at-bats of the game in the ninth inning, or mm-hmm. a clear ball four on a 3-1 count, that at least six inches above the strike zone and probably three or four inches off the edge, too. And he called that a strike. 
And now it's 3-2. Glaber could very well strike out in that spot. He ended up walking anyway, despite C.B. Buckner. But that's, that's a huge out because then the tying run doesn't come to the plate. Right, exactly. It was a huge, huge thing. So having C.B. Buckner behind the plate obviously didn't help anyone, especially if you're wearing a Yankees uniform last night. Um, but, and you know, in the game only ended seven to five. So you just got to really think like, there were, there were opportunities. The Yankees easily could have won that game if they played it a little bit smarter when they were playing how they were going to maneuver their pitching staff. But Absolutely. They I mean, they were, they were lucky to even be in the game, too, with 18 strikeouts. You can't, you can't strike out 18 times. You just can't do it. Right, right. No, I know exactly what you mean. It was, uh, it was frustrating to watch. It was frustrating to see. And it was also frustrating because I tried a new place to watch the game from last night. So, proven spots. My couch. Great. The corner of the couch while I'm crafting. So, I have to be doing that when I'm on the corner of the couch. Second, my boyfriend's apartment. When we're having a game night and I'm not paying attention to anyone and just the game, that's what happened. And then I sit on the little couch for the last innings and that's what happened and that was great. But I, I sat in my bed last night. I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to lay in my bed. Bad idea. It was bad. Yeah, I blew through the playoff puppy, lost the magic. My rally hoodie lost its magic. A bunch of other rally things I have lost their magic. And I can't help but blame uh, the front office, not Aaron Boone, because it definitely wasn't his plan, but the front office for thinking that piggybacking Davey Garcia and Jay Happ was going to be a good idea. And to, I mean, to give them credit, if it works, it's a genius move. And, and nobody's going to say otherwise and say, oh, look how the Yankees played the Rays to their, their lineup. They got all these lefties into the lineup, and then they switched up and put Jay Happ in the game. No one saw that coming. Uh, last week, Aaron Boone said Davey Garcia is only going to be used as a starter. He's not going to be used in relief. Well, being used as an opener might as well be being used in relief. He only threw 30 pitches. So is, are you going to use this guy as a reliever? Are you going to use him as a starter and only throw 30 pitches? Basically the same thing. Yeah, it was, uh, yesterday was rough. Um, game two was rough to watch just overall. I didn't like it. It had a very weird feeling to it. The only thing I did like was Giancarlo Stanton just mashing home runs. Just hilarious because everybody on Twitter was just like, so how can we pay him but not play him? Let's just trade his massive contract away because he sucks at baseball. Oh, nobody understands how trade works. I hate it. I hate it. So, you know what? This is what he does. Five hits in the postseason, five home runs, and they were all monster shots. And he watched every single one of them because, you know what? He is breathing in the air that these poor haters are just, like, crying. He's taking it all in he's like you know what it was all worth it because here i go being a postseason hero it's like a-rod in 09 vibes right now absolutely and their their next argument is always oh john carlos only hits garbage time home runs not this time game one against the rays a grand slam up two runs in the ninth inning that's a knockout punch that puts the game squarely away we were almost uh, – they loaded the bases again after Stanton, and we were talking maybe a position player is going to come into pitch if they, if they unload these bases too. So, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a knockout punch. Uh, yesterday, Stanton, game-tying home run uh, after Randy Arozarena hit another one. And I fucking hate Randy Arozarena. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not familiar with him, and he's just come in, and he's five for eight so far with two home runs. And I'm just, I mean, who the fuck is this guy? You know what my favorite thing is, is that like, G, I think it was, was it game one when G-Man Choi hit? Yeah, he hit a bomb off Garrett Cole and everyone in the Rays dugout going nuts. And they're like, oh yeah, Willie Adamas. Like he always says to G-Man Choi when he's up to bat, he's like, tell him who you are. Tell him who you are. I'm like, okay, we know who he is because he played for us. He did some great things for us too. We don't know you because you haven't done shit. Yeah, and also that's just like a really terrible hype-up speech. That's like in a, in a really bad boxing movie in the final round of the underdog title fight. And they're like, oh, tell them who you are. Tell them who you are. No, that's like, 
I've, I've completely come out of the moment now. I hate this movie. This movie sucks now. That's like a terrible hype up speech. But to be fair, I mean, G-Man Choi has Garrett Cole's number. And it's just oh, one of those sure. things where you just, you don't understand why this guy in particular is just babe fucking Ruth against one of the best pitchers in the league. Like, there's nothing about G-Man Choi about his approach at the plate that says, yeah, this guy's going to hit 500 against Garrett Cole and mash home run after home run after home run. And they did intentionally walk him uh, later in the game after Garrett Cole went 2-0 on him. And they were like, you know what? Fuck this. Just put him on and load the bases to get to Manuel Margot. I've ever seen from him in my life. Absolutely. Amazing. Kyle Higashioka making his presence known on that play too. They got crossed up on a fastball slider. And I I mean, no idea how Higashioka got back to the middle of the strike zone to catch the slider when he thought a high end fastball was coming. Uh, Bullshit. It was called the ball. Robo umps would never. uh, I get that. I mean, the umpire probably couldn't see it very well, but robo umps would never. And then 99 miles per hour up and in for strike two. And then 100.1 miles per hour for strike three. Uh, I was pumped. I was pumped. I love it. I love it. Now, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, James, because we can't just skip over what happened in Cleveland. No, we absolutely cannot. The Cleveland series was fantastic. Uh, I felt like that was when everything on the Yankees just came together at the right time. The right people were, were doing their thing. Aaron Judge with a nice early two-run home run to really set the tone for the entire series. Like, yeah, the Yankees offense, the big, the big hitters are going to be here to play. Judge, Stanton, Voight. Like, we're here. It, uh, well, I tweeted this, but my younger sister um, was over watching game one with me. And we're sitting there, yada, yada. And she's through the entire pregame show. She is complaining. Why is Aaron Judge the face of baseball? Aaron Judge hasn't done shit this year for the Yankees. He's a pre- he can hit home runs, which is cool. But like, he hasn't done anything to get them where they are. And I just, I have such a hard time like cheering him on. I think he's a dud. Like, why is he the face of the Yankees? And he comes up to bat and she goes, Show me what you got, big shot. And he hits a home run on the very first pitch. And I was like, girl, can you trash talk him a little more? Yeah, no, that's like, that's like my buddy Matt with the reverse jinx of all time. Although even that didn't work yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge, there's so much he does besides hit home runs, obviously. He walks, uh, he hits with runners on. Um, I mean, he does strike out a lot. I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to come with somebody his size who swings for as much power as he does. Like those guys are going to strike out, uh, defensively. He's a gold glove caliber right fielder. Uh, he just does everything for the Yankees and he's, he's Derek Jeter hey, post game. You're never going to get like a crazy quote out of Aaron judge. He's just going to give you the PR answer, which is exactly what the Yankees want. It's what a lot of Yankees fans want. Uh, personally, I'd like Aaron Judge to motherfuck the shit out of people like CC Sabathia used to. Uh, but you know, if he wants to be Derek Jeter, he'll be Derek Jeter. Whatever, it's fine. So that was fun to watch. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was hilarious. Um, game one was great. The Yankees just trounced on Shane Bieber, and it also was the night of the first um, presidential candidate debate, and. They had a quote in there that the debate was like a a train wreck inside a dumpster fire, like something like that. And I was like, oh, this is great because that's what the Indians are feeling right now. Like that was bad. Yeah, this this would look great under Shane Bieber's stat line today. Exactly. Exactly. So they trounced on Shane Bieber. They came out ready to go because – Mark Teixeira picked um, the Indians to sweep. I mean, like several people were like, oh yeah, in Cleveland, no chance. The Yankees have no chance, especially with their offense. But Garrett Cole comes in, 13 Ks, no walks, just absurd, incredible performance by Garrett Cole. Hey, everybody severely overrated the Central Division. And Max, oh, yeah. was, Max was on this early where he's like, these teams are not as good as you think they are. Uh, they had seven teams in the postseason. Every single one of them got knocked out in the wild card round. That's like near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So, yep. Um, and then game two, honestly, I'm going to tell you game two was something that I just haven't seen from this team in such a long time. And it might've been the very best game I've ever seen this season from so much back and forth. One of the best games I've ever watched. Absolutely. I, 
obviously it all started with a botched rain delay um, where they had Shane Bieber come out and it's like, oh, there's some light wind. And then Masahiro Tanaka comes out and they're like, oh my God, let's do a tsunami. Like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, it really um, hurt his playoff numbers. And I don't appreciate that. I know how I good like Masahiro Tanaka is in the playoffs and I will not allow the rain delay that would just wait through 45 minutes of clear skies and then play for you know, 20 minutes through a monsoon and then go into another half hour rain delay. I'm not going to count that against Masahiro Tanaka. It's not his fault. They probably shouldn't yeah. have brought him back into the game. They probably should have gone to the bullpen. No, I, I absolutely agree. In fact, that was what I started to think as it got later and later. I was like, oh my God, is he even going to be able to come back? Because once you warmed up, started playing, and then you sit for that long, Typically, they don't come back out. So I was very, very disappointed. I thought it sucked. I was so mad. Gio Urshela fucking destroyed game two. He was game two. Like, the go-ahead Grand Slam, which was amazing, especially off of the guy that, you know, wild thing, right? Pretty much wild Yeah, uh, James Karinjak. Yes. Um, who was honestly one of their better relievers this year, too. Yeah, and he, they brought him into a, a situation a lot earlier than he's used to, um, which obviously come playoff time, that makes a huge difference. But I always wonder when guys come into situations they're not familiar with, like Jay Happ yesterday, uh, how much of this is just them in their own mental space. Like, this is not this is not what I do. Like, this is not a position I'm comfortable in um, compared to, you know, Karen Jack in the eighth inning was nasty. He had a strikeout rate of like 17 this year which is unbelievable, striking out two-thirds of the batters you see. Yeah, it was um, – Gio Urshela really worked that count, and then he got the pitch that he was looking for, and he did not miss. And just just an incredible at-bat by Gio. And then, of course, we can talk about in the bottom of the eighth inning when Aroldis Chapman came in early. And, you know, he has bad memories there. He's the one that gave up the uh, – the game tying home run in game seven of the 2016 world series yep. um, to Raja Davis. One of the so, best games I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Raja so, Davis, mean, the most forgettable big home run that's ever been hit. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but Gio saved one, maybe even two runs with just an incredible play, which I thought he was just going to get the out at second. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. And then all of a sudden DJ's just like casually turning the double play. Mike Ford's pointing it out. And I'm like, did they just turn a double play and nobody's acting excited? And then all of a sudden the announcers were like, well, shit, he actually did that. Oh yeah, that was actually pretty impressive how he how he dove to his left and then made the play at second base and then how they turned it in time to get the guy first. That was pretty impressive. I mean, the ball was behind him. Like the ball was behind him. That was a shot, and he dove for that. And then the best part was, as he threw from his butt, he made sure to like turn his legs so he's actually facing the base. Which Glaber Torres got to learn how to do that, bro. But he did that. He did it. It was incredible. And then, of course, you know, DJ LeMahieu heroics and all that stuff in the uh, top of the ninth inning. I did not move in the top of the ninth inning at all. Like, my feet were in the same exact position. It was crossed this way. And then, like, my my arms, I, like, I, you know, was sitting there like this. And I was like, I can't move. I can't move. Good things are happening. I can't move. So, I didn't move. You can't change anything right now. That's what happened. So... And Glaber Torres was on fire in that series. He was five for seven in those two games. So I liked what I saw from Glaber Torres, especially. Yeah, but I mean, that's why, that's why I hate the national broadcasts. It's like I would give anything to listen to Michael Kay, David Cohn, and Paul O'Neill break down the Gio Urshela double play or the Grand Slam. And I'm just like, we got to settle for these guys who just, they don't really care about either team. I'd rather listen to the home broadcast who I know they yeah, they're going to, they're going to tilt towards the Yankees. They're going to have a little bit of a bias, but when something cool happens as a Yankees fan, I want to hear the announcers get fired up. I want to hear Michael K screaming. I don't want to hear uh, fucking, I don't even know who was calling that game. I don't even remember because it was so forgettable. Just be like, Oh, that's a nice play. That's a nice double play there. Gio Rochelle is a very good defender. Like, no, get out of here. 
Um, the other thing too is, I mean, like even thinking to like Ryan Rucco, can you imagine that he would have oh, just? Oh, Rucco would be freaking out. He would be absolutely perfect in that situation. So I wish he did like live streams or something of him watching the games himself too, because that would be really, really good content. Absolutely electric content. I would, I would tune into that if he just did like a periscope of him calling a game by himself, even if it was like definitely on a delay, I would still watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to obviously the Yankees and Braves, we covered game two. Game one was also pretty epic. And I just, ah, listen, like, I feel like I haven't been this excited about the team at all this season. I just feel like there's See, a lot of For most of the season, we just knew they were going to be in the playoffs. So it's like, right, exactly. who really cares? But, like, there's so many instances where they'll go down early and or they're facing, like, a stud pitcher and they're just like, oh, you know, kind of curl up and be like, okay, well, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Like, they actually have an urgency and a need to win. And game one was great because they faced Blake Snell and they were incredibly patient which was really surprising to me at first because I wasn't sure they could do that. They made more counts. We got a tie game. Oakland and the Astros. That's a three-run homer for Chad Pinder. Tie game. Pinder. Um, So they made Snell work the counts, and they gave Garrett Cole the lead, which he immediately gave back. But you know what? Whatever. (laughs) But basically, they kept fighting back for their ace. Like, they didn't just kind of be like, oh – yeah, the Rays can hit home runs too. They were like, yeah, we can do this. They were only up by one run going into the ninth, and they needed run support, and they scored five runs in the ninth inning, which they have not done all season, have not done in a very long time. They needed that. They needed that run support because going into the bottom of the ninth with the Rays at home, and you got to bring in a roll to Chapman, I don't like it. I don't like it. Absolutely. And that's something I wish they would have done a little bit more of against glass. Now yesterday, uh, obviously having CB Buckner behind the plate kind of changes the game plan. Cause if you take a close pitch, it might very well get called a strike uh, because CB Buckner is literally a criminal. He is the devil incarnate. I hate him. This is the official CB Buckner hate podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he struck out 10 batters and you don't, you just need to be a little more patient with him because he didn't have the zone. He was leaving fastballs high. He was, you know, spiking curveballs left and right. So he didn't really have it. And then, you know, he got a few chases. He got a lot of chases. And I don't think that's not when the Yankees are at their best tonight against Morton. Morton's got a lot better control than glass now. So I think you have to, you got to swing the bats. You got to strike early. Um, But yeah, what else do you have for game two before we do a little preview here? Game two or game one? Or game one, game one. Um. Uh, well, John Carlo hit a grand slam, and I yes. like that. Amazing. Um, I will say that. Um, oh, that was last night. My bad. That was game two. But the Yankees now have two grand slams in the postseason. Oh, no, that was, was game one. The grand slam was, was game, game one. one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, last night was three run homer. So he's just racking okay. up RBIs like nobody's business. Yeah, no big deal. Um, Two grand slams in the postseason. The record is three by the Atlanta Braves in 1998. Um, I looked it all up myself, okay? I did that myself. Um, And they were both in back-to-back games, even though they were a few days apart still, back-to-back games. I like it. Um, John Carlos hot. You got to keep him in the lineup. Obviously, tonight, there's a couple of changes to the lineup. Kyle Higashioka starting over Gary Sanchez. Thoughts on that? Ooh, that's a big one. Um, I mean, I think there's only one way to look at it. It's just the Yankees have no confidence in Gary Sanchez. Zero. Well, absolutely zero. No, I wouldn't either. I, I think it's absolutely the right move to go with um, Higashioka instead. But it's like, could you imagine before 2020 started looking at the playoffs and being like, yeah, you know, like a crucial game three in a five game series. That's really going to determine who has the upper hand going forward. Give me Kyle Higashioka over Gary Sanchez any day. Nobody would have said that people might've said that about Austin Romine. Cause you know, before this year, the Austin Romine stands were they hated Gary Sanchez. They'll do anything to get Austin Romine in the lineup above Gary. And that's when Gary was hitting well uh, this year. I mean, it, to Higgy's credit, he's hit. Uh, we know what he can do defensively that Sanchez cannot do defensively. And Higgy's actually hitting the ball. Gary is not. So what, 
I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to keep putting Gary in there because, quote, unquote, he's your guy? Or are you going to put the actual productive bat where neither of them, if neither of them hit, at least you're getting defense with Higgy? So I think the other thing that people seem to be forgetting is that it is a five-game series, and now it's tied 1-1. I don't think you can sit there and have Gary Sanchez go in where he could potentially allow a pass ball that could cost them a run because runs are very, very – like no, the, especially not with the game four plan. I, I have zero faith in Jordan Montgomery tomorrow to limit the Rays offense. So, I mean, it's either going to be a slugfest or the Rays are going to win game four. I don't think Jordan Montgomery, especially he hasn't even pitched in two weeks. So right. there's, there's no chance that he's not going to give up runs tomorrow. And it's just, I would feel way more comfortable if we can just win tonight and avoid an elimination game with Jordan Montgomery on the mound. So, I want Kyle Higashioka, who's actually hitting the ball and can actually save a game with his defense rather than lose it. Yeah, and looking from the offensive side too, I mean, you just you can't sit there and coddle Gary Sanchez until he gets the big hit because it. We've seen this all season long. The Yankees gave him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. They gave him consistent at bats, and he was not able to do it. And he had some terrible at bats last night. Just bad, of course. C.V. Buckner behind the plate also, once again, not a great thing, but he still had some pretty horrific at-bats, and it's just like you cannot have that in your lineup when you know it's just going to be an automatic out. You just can't. No, especially not if you're if you're doing that to sacrifice a really fantastic defensive catcher on the other end. Because, again, I've, the worst-case scenario is that Kyle Higashioka doesn't hit. He goes 0 for 4 tonight with three strikeouts. Well, Gary Sanchez went 0 for 4 last night with three strikeouts. And one of those catchers is going to save you runs on defense. One of them is going to cost you runs on defense. So there's not really a question. It's not up for debate. It's Kyle Higashioka. It's not Gary Sanchez. Um, I do want to just mention a couple of like super bright spots that I've noticed um, this postseason as well. Aaron Hicks. Really great at bats he's been having. Um, walks for days. Right, exactly. No home runs, but he's had five walks and five hits this postseason. Same as Stanton. Obviously, you know, hasn't uh, hasn't elicited any cool home run calls. But you know what? He's getting on base. He's making things happen. So I really like um, his presence at the plate right now. Um, you know who also has been exercising a lot of patience is Glaber Torres. Um, so he's a guy that, like, I feel like sometimes he gets super anxious and he just like needs to swing at a pitch. I do this year. I would, I would have classified Glaber as more of a free swinger than a, than a Aaron Hicks type where you're going to work a count. You're going to take good pitches because you can't do anything with those pitches. You're just going to take them. I think Glaber usually swings at those pitches this year. Well, he leads the team in the postseason with six walks. So he is getting on base and he's making things happen. Um, Fantastic. You know who also is doing pretty damn well this postseason and also got a, um, a, he got a nod as a starter this evening where Clint Frazier was benched. Um, Brett Gardner. Absolutely. And Gardy has great numbers against Charlie Morton. Uh, this, is a, this is a game that Gardner's played a few times. Yep. This isn't, so this isn't his Gardner, first time here. I believe um, is in the top three of average this postseason. He's played in three games. Um, so he, he was obviously out yesterday, but he's really swinging the bat pretty well. He's finding some good wood. He's getting on base. His on-base percentage is up there. So, listen, I'm, I'm good with it. I And you know it. what you're getting on defense from Brick Gardner, too? In uh, mm-hmm. 26 at-bats against, against Morton, he's 308, 379, 731. Mm-hmm. Hell of a slugging yeah. percentage. Uh, so that's, that's an easy, that's an easy numbers pick too. Uh, yesterday, Clint Frazier getting the start against glass now. Uh, but interestingly enough, glass now has reverse splits, which is not something I would expect from a guy with his arsenal, uh, in 2020, a 2.25 ERA against lefties and an over five ERA against righties. Uh, so they're clearly just going matchup based with Clinton Gardy and tonight it's Gardy's turn. Yeah, so let's see what he's got today. I'm so excited. I could use um, a guardy party. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what are we looking forward to tonight or into the next couple games? Um, to focus on tonight, 
I want Masahiro Tanaka to go at least six innings and give up less than three runs. I think if we get a quality start out of Tanaka, we probably win this game tonight. Morton, not as good as he has been in the past this year. Uh, so I think, I think you can hit him. I think you can hit Charlie Morton. He's not going to walk a lot of guys. So the Yankees are going to have to swing early. They're going to have to hunt fastballs. Um, you don't really want to get, you don't really want to mess around with the curveball. You want to hunt the fastball when you get it and try to do damage on that pitch. Uh, Yankees, one of the best teams on zero on OO counts. The Yankees are one of the best slugging teams. Um, so that is a good sign. Um, offensively, I want Stanton to stay hot. I think he will. I'd like Gardy to contribute given his good numbers against Morton. I want Judge to maybe snap out of it a little bit because he's, what is he now, like two for nine, but both of them are home runs. He's not having the best postseason, but the power numbers have, power's been there. He's just not hitting the ball. Um, So I'd like him to snap out of it a little bit. Uh, I'd like DJ LeMahieu to have at least three hits because I bet tonight that he would have at least three hits and the Yankees would win. Um, Other than that, I mean, clean defense all around. You can't make defensive mistakes against these Rays. Um, Don't fuck around with G-Man Choi because he's Babe Ruth. Uh, Just just win the fucking game because I don't don't want to be elimination tomorrow with Montgomery on the mound. Right. Yeah, that's that's probably the last thing you want. I uh, I mean, I think one of the other things to to really look forward tonight is or look forward to tonight is kind of seeing what they're going to do with their bullpen usage. Um, obviously, you have Zach Britton that's rested and ready to go. Um, you have Chad Green that's I believe Chad Green's probably rested and ready to go. Yeah, he didn't um, pitch so you, last night. He warmed up last night, but he didn't right, pitch. Right, right. So you've got two of your better bullpen pitchers ready to go. Aroldis Chapman hasn't pitched um, in a couple days, so I feel like he is definitely ready to go as well, which can be concerning because the last time he pitched was... Last week. Right, exactly. So I'm very interested to see, um, first of all, to see how far Tanaka goes into the game. It would be ideal if he could go into the sixth, potentially into the seventh inning to help set that up a little bit better. But I mean, the key is no mistakes, no, no infield errors. Glaber Torres, I'm looking at you. No extra chances. Right, exactly. You can't give this team second chances because they've already shown that they're going to take advantage of it. So um, Yankees are home tonight. They're going to be wearing the uh, the pinstripes, which will be great to see and kind of weird at the same time. But I'm I'm looking forward to tonight. I, I got a good feeling. Absolutely. And since this episode will air tomorrow, I'm just going to go out and, and just assume that Tanaka and the Yankees do everything we expect them to do. Uh, so when you're listening to this, congratulations, New York Yankees, game three winners. Uh, Tanaka dealt. He had at least eight strikeouts and he threw seven and one third innings. I don't think I'm asking for too much there because uh, that's what he did yesterday when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Giancarlo Stanton hit two more home runs. That's great. The Yankees won decisively. Uh, and we're just looking forward to Jordan Montgomery. See if he can see if he can lock it down tonight. Yeah, Brett Gardner, two for four at the very least. Um, I'm counting on him for at least one run, probably a stolen base thrown in there too, just because they like to steal bases now, apparently. But he's probably going to steal it in garbage time just because it's fun, you know? You got to do it. Absolutely. And as an alternate alternate opening, if the Yankees lose tonight, which we're not – it's not going to happen, but if the Yankees lose tonight, um, please, please, God, let Jordan Montgomery be really good tonight because I don't want the Yankees to go home. I agree there. Now, I have a couple things I want to discuss real quickly, okay? Yes. This is the cute segment. I want to talk about the cute stuff that happened. You know, I'm like a little behind-the-scenes stuff, you know? First of all, how in the world is Gio Urshela allowed to be such an adorable human being? Like, I see him as, like, a 15-year-old, like, little kid. You know, like, a, a, a good little kid that goes to school, does his homework, is so good, like, does chores around the house. He is adorable. Like Gio, just, Gio Urshela never been grounded, confirmed. Exactly. Exactly. He is, like, he's that, that good little, like, high school kid. Oh, my gosh. I just love Gio Urshela so much. Like, when they talked to him after game two and they were, like, who got the championship belt? He's, like, oh, me adorable just every every teacher he's ever had wrote pleasure to have in class on his report card just when when i die i want Gio urshela to know that i think he is the most adorable man on the planet and i want to be buried with a picture of him smiling because then i will forever be happy 
Fair enough. Uh, also, I know you have some thoughts on Clint Frazier after game one. Not yet. I have cute, cute first. More cute. Eric Kratz is in the dugout for moral support, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I love that. I was a little disappointed yesterday that they didn't let him play catch with his son, um, with his son, Davey. Uh But who knows? Maybe if Davey plays catch with Eric Kratz, he goes seven strong in two runs. That's true, but that's a sacrifice they were willing to make on the roster for Michael King. So I I guess I get that. But he was there, and you know what? He's just the perfect father figure. He was helping out Glaber Torres. Like, they showed them doing the drill where he – you know, holds on to the baseballs and Glaber has to catch them as they drop and everything. And oh, I'm just so happy that Eric Kratz was there. And great uh, guy, Eric Kratz. Yeah, good guy, Eric Kratz. We like him, even though he was on the Astros. I think he's a good guy. Uh, what else you got? Um, that's my cuteness, besides the fact that all of the um, Yankees wags, wives and girlfriends that are located in the bubble right now. Um, have got their matching hats with their player's number in sparkle. They're repping. Yeah, super cute. But there was someone in there who wasn't wearing a hat. However, super sleuthing on the Instagram, found the Instagram of Clint Frazier's girlfriend. Her name is Kaylee. I didn't know that until yesterday. So, by the way, Glaber Torres's wifey allowed me to follow her on Instagram. I was I was accepted. I'm officially in <laughs> the life goal. So um, yeah. So like uh, Elise Higashioka was there. Um, well, of course, Amy Cole was there because Amy Cole is just the greatest the human being. The queen. Like, she, she is the queen. To be completely honest, Chapman's wife was there. Um, who else was there? I was looking up all the numbers. Eileen Talkman was there. So a lot of wags and Clint Frazier gave a shout out to Kaylee in his post-game interview. And I've never heard him talk about his girlfriend so adorably. I, I'm rooting for this. I'm really rooting for this. I think she's made him a better man. I think absolutely. That's it. Clint's 2020 season can absolutely be traced back to when he started dating Kaylee for sure. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I'm very excited about it. Um, and it was adorable. They just basically said, well, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I'm going to go hug my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, my God, stop <laughs> it. Stop it, boys. Take notes. Oh, man. Well, whatever works for him, I guess. I mean, I mean to be fair, it didn't really work last night. But <laughs> No, not last night. But you know what? He hit a home run for her, and, and that's great because we needed that home run, and uh, he needed to surprise the announcers and be like, well, holy shit, that guy can hit. <laughs> that's a rhyme um all right do you have anything else for the yankees before we kind of wrap up how the playoffs are shaping up no i am good with the yankees for right now just you know expecting a, a big game tonight so we'll see what happens all right then to kind of just go around the league really quickly uh obviously we didn't wrap up who won the first round matchups uh spoiler alert the al and nl central did not uh, we got A's Astros going on right now. Houston is up two nothing in this series, and it's a tied seven seven game in the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, I bet on Houston today, assuming that my bet would in fact make them lose. Because uh, when I bet on things, it's a reverse jinx. I'm a terrible gambler, so I bet on Houston on purpose. Oh, trying to help the A's out. I just want Houston to lose. Uh, I'm getting real tired of them acting like they're the villains uh, or acting like they're not supposed to be the villains because they are the villains. They are. They're acting like the victims right now. It's bullshit. And then today, Andy Martino reported that behind closed doors, the Astros are using all this hate to, to really motivate themselves to play well. And then the Astros players come out and they're quote tweeting him and they're saying, oh, oh this isn't happening. Like, this is bullshit. Well, play the game, bro. Just play the game. To be fair, after the series against the Minnesota Twins, the first thing Carlos Correa said was, what are the haters going to say now? Uh, First of all, we still fucking hate you, Carlos. That's what they're going to say. We still hate you. You still cheated the game, and we hate you more than anything in the world. You shouldn't be here because you had an under 500 record in the regular season. Not going to get too mad about that. Not going to get too mad. Uh, I I just want the A's to lose, and God help me if the Astros win this series. The Yankees better win their series and run them out of the fucking building. Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, I, ugh. 
Carlos Correa just he he's got a face that he's the mm. worst. Carlos Correa is the worst. Mm. He's got a face I want to say that I just want to punch, but that's actually a compliment for him because he wants to be an MMA fighter. So yeah, I, I hope he becomes an MMA fighter. He's gonna get cracked in the face a couple times, and he's gonna be like, you know what? I think I'm gonna stick to baseball. It's not that fun. It's not as fun as I thought. Mm. Not that fun. Um. The Braves and the Marlins, a little bit of a budding rivalry there. Ronald Acuna hits a leadoff home run yesterday. Bat flips the shit out of it. It was awesome. When you go upper deck to the opposite field, you get to bat flip. That's okay. Uh, the next at bat gets hit. As a little bit chippy with Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I guess that was game one. Um, so, I mean, there's something to watch out for there. Trevor Bauer coming to his defense. Uh, I love seeing pitchers go to the defense of bat flippers. They're like, yeah, if you get me, like, fucking bat flip off me show me up you know you earned that one if you go opposite field second deck on me you earned that bat flip uh but on the other hand marcus stroman trevor bauer when they strike you out they're gonna dance on you let's just have fun with the game yeah they already made rotoware already made the t-shirt so you know we love rotoware i love everything they come out with so rotoware is amazing glaber was wearing the glaber glasses shirt again the other day haven't seen the glasses in a while though yeah that's that might be you know Something to think about for the playoffs. Maybe we stop messing around. We put the glasses back on. Ooh, not a bad idea. I wonder. I wonder if that's going to happen today. Um, other than that, the Padres are down 1-0 to the Dodgers. Yesterday, they lost Mike Clevenger in the second inning. He was trying to pitch through an injury and tried to cobble together the rest of the game and couldn't do it. Um, and who else who else is playing did i just cover all the teams yeah i just covered all the teams that was all of them uh hopefully the a's win this game and then come back and win the next two games because i don't want to see the astros in the alcs i want them to lose every single game ever i i would be a fan of that as well i think that's a great idea absolutely uh okay so do we have anything else no i think that's it for today no wow, okay look at us what's our time uh like 55 minutes Good. Oh my God. We might be under an hour. What? Yeah. We have a really good internal clock. It's always about an hour every time. Yeah, and I don't, I don't so. really keep track of the time either. It's, it doesn't do it. Skype used to do it for me. Skype used to have the time right up there and I could look at it and freak out at half an hour and think, Oh my God, what are we going to talk about for another 20 minutes? And then no okay. matter what, we always came up with something to talk about for the next 20 minutes. Even if it was Danny Phantom, um, always came up with Not something. Not a bad topic. Not a bad topic. Um, all right. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, go Yankees. Masahiro Tanaka has to deal tonight. And then tomorrow we'll see if Jordan Montgomery can lock it down after not pitching for two weeks. Big fan. Big fan. Let's go, Let's guys. Get crazy. Let's go. Let's get crazy. Also, fuck the new plan. All right. See ya. <laughs> Peace out.